Good morning. I'm Brenda Tennell, the discipleship coordinator here. Randy has asked me to share with you my heart about my allegiance to Christ over all else. As you know, for the past two years, we've been talking a lot about what it means to have a kingdom perspective. We are defining this as seeing the world through God's lens and seeing every moment as a kingdom moment. It means having the same attitude as Christ Jesus that Paul records in Philippians chapter 2. I hesitated when I was asked to lead the Kingdom Perspective team for several reasons, but ultimately decided to do it. But you know how the battle of the mind goes. I soon found myself waffling between having a humble heart and a prideful heart. Ego raised its ugly head because I was pretty sure I could point out all kinds of things that were wrong in other people's perspectives. You can laugh about that. <laughs> Over the past few years, I found myself more and more being put off and having knee-jerk reactions, getting my toes stepped on, reacting negatively to comments and opinions regarding becoming a more diverse church, one that is diverse on various fronts and all that comes along with it. You see, I assumed that most Christians thought just like I did. I thought the real Christians held to the same views, political views, I did. Well, the more I explored this, the more books I read on this subject, the more seminars I attended, and as I pondered social media posts and blogs that were completely outside my comfort zone, I found myself begin to question a lot of my thoughts, my opinions, and my long-held views about all kinds of things. Suddenly, everything became suspect. I began contemplating what I was responding to and why I was reacting the way I was, I was on a quest. I began to see how we can make our world so small and hide within its walls. I began to see I was guilty of expecting everyone to come to my side of things and fit into my accepted belief system. I realized how often I was unwilling to adapt or change, and then I would blame them for not wanting what I had to offer and you know how it goes. It's seldom our own fault. When Dr. Ra was here last summer and shared the statistics of the Christian church in regards to growth, it broke my heart. He said the evangelical church at large is barely maintaining its growth and cultural impact. Christian immigration is the only reason there is no decline. I began to ask myself why. Why don't they want our brand of spirituality? Why do so many have faith in God but don't want anything to do with the organized church? Well, as you might know, anytime you ask God to search your heart and reveal truth to you, he has a way of doing just that. I learned I often hid knives in my words. I know enough scripture to quote it and defend my views in Jesus' name. I see now that I had a box, 
a tiny box, my Christian conservative right-wing box, and if it didn't fit in there, well, then it just wasn't right or valid. I was often unwilling to consider the possibility that I indeed could be the one who is wrong. Imagine that. I have learned that I can no longer expect or demand God to bless my bias and prejudices regarding my theology, my politics, my race, my patriotism, you name it. I have had to let Brenda's kingdom die and explore things objectively and invite God into the process with vulnerability and honesty. And you know, it has not been easy. It's been very painful. Dying to self is hard work. My world has tilted many times, and I'm convinced that I'm not done with the process but I found a sense of peace and freedom that I've not known before. When I consider the Sermon on the Mount, I'm struck in a new way by the upside-down world that Jesus presented that day on a hillside in Galilee. His message was so contrary to what was taught and what they thought, what their interpretation was. I can imagine that their world tilted too. They were holding on so tightly to their law, to their way of seeing and believing that many of them missed Jesus right in their midst. And it causes me to wonder just how much of Jesus I've missed, how much we've missed. So all this makes me think about the cross. The cross was supposed to change our minds about God. On the cross, we find an innocent man who had given his whole life to heal hearts, bodies, and relationships, suffering, becoming a victim of suffering himself, suffering because they we wouldn't change our minds about the ways of God. At the cross, we raised our fist against God. And you know what? He submitted to it. God submitted to our torture machine and transformed it into a monument of grace. This is the way of our Jesus This is love. This is grace. This is forgiveness. The cross is a place of holiness and horror. It is my hope for for myself and for all of us that we will bring salt and light into our world. It desperately needs to know and experience through us the authentic love and grace of our God. Let's just be Jesus to our world. Let's pray. Oh God, how we need your help. We can be so blind. 
how will the world get a correct estimation of who you are when your own children don't walk and talk like you? I repent. We repent. Help us give you full access to our hearts, every nook and cranny. Show us what areas need to die so that allegiance to Christ is what we pursue above all. And God, please don't let a single one out of here today without being fully convinced that they have heard from you. I pray now for Randy as he brings us his message. May his words bring conviction where it is needed. May his words speak life into hearts that are dead. May his words have the power to heal, restore, renew, and set free. In the power of your name and for your glory, I pray. And everyone said, Amen.